Hello, and thanks for listening to Captivate Ed, a podcast dedicated to equipping education leaders like you with strategic storytelling solutions that address the ever-changing needs of your school and district. I'm your host, Jake Sturgis, founder of Captivate Media and Consulting, a team dedicated to using story to positively impact education. And this podcast is just that, lifting up your stories and learning from each other. Thanks for being here. You're listening to episode three of our series focused on amplifying student voice to help transform adult mindsets. My guest today is Tony Patterson, a culture and climate specialist at Robbinsdale Area Schools. Tony, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, just to kind of give us a little context before we dig into the conversation today, tell me a little about you and a little bit about the Robbinsdale School District. A little bit about myself. I started in education in 2005 at Minneapolis North High School. Uh, it was through a, pro- a program through Summit Academy where we work with students who failed two or more classes and needed help on the MBST, Minnesota Basic Skills Test. So that was a while ago. I was in Minneapolis up until 2017, and then I came to Robbinsdale School District as a equity specialist. That was our name at first, and then we changed to school climate and culture specialist. The district is uh, similar to Minneapolis. We have about 12,000 students located in our district, two high schools, and we have one kind of alternative high school. Demographics, we're about 60% black students in our district, and specifically the school I work at, Robbinsdale Cooper High School, is roughly like 75% of our students are uh, free and reduced lunch students. So, Tell me a little bit about what your job looks like, because I, I think most people listening, they, they may not have a school climate and culture specialist. Kind of talk a little bit about your day-to-day. What does that look like? The school climate and culture position is a unique position as well. It's myself and uh, my colleague here at Cooper. We sit on our different leadership teams. We sit on our MTSS teams. We sit on our instructional leadership teams, our uh, tier three teams. And so with the position, we actually work with students, administration, and teachers to make sure that our students are getting an equitable education. We work with the community as well. So it's a variety of different things that we do, but mainly the the gist of it is making sure all students are getting everything that they need to be successful. And whatever that is, we're trying to provide the resources for that as well. Yeah. I mean, so you're talking to students every day from your perspective, like what are some of those messages? What are, what are those things that maybe you hear every day or every week from students in, in terms of what they need? I love the position because it's, it's basically our job is really student centered, and so we run different groups here at our at our school, different affinity groups, and what we hear is sometimes is you know the the relationship building needs to be a little bit better. I'm fortunate enough to not be in a classroom, so I can build those relationships with students throughout the day. But I I think the the, the gist of it is right now, especially after everything we're going through, that that relationship building is necessary for our students. We worked with you guys last school year on the Voices Framework to really listen to student voices and to be able to hear what they had to say. From your side of things, can you talk a little bit about the Voices Framework, what that looked like, both in terms of maybe things that you heard from students, but then also your own personal experience of hearing those student stories? Yeah, we were fortunate enough to work with, you know, Captivate Media to do the Voices Project. We had students throughout the district just talk about their experience and talk about student engagement with with the staff. And what I took out of it personally was our students needed to be heard and they, they were seeking out a positive relationship within the school. That was kind of the overarching theme was that, you know, they did express that 
they know the teachers are overwhelmed and and you know pulled in a lot of directions but they were they were like crying out for that relationship right and like they were they were crying out for just for that one person to to build that relationship with them and i think that the teachers really got a chance to like take a step back and realize like everything is not all about curriculum everything is not all about you know trying to hit your daily learning targets but building that relationship is 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 key when when you're talking about student engagement and trying to like amplify student voice as well I don't know if you had any conversations with with teachers because I think there is often that like push and pull of I've got to I've got to teach I've got to I've got to get through my curriculum I've got to get kids ready for those state standardized tests so that they do succeed and we get our test scores in the place where they where they should be but then there's also that that piece of relationships and I don't feel like it has to be either or Obviously, when, when, when students have stronger relationships with the adults in their school, the, the more successful they are, the more welcome they feel, uh, the better they do in class. Can you talk a little bit about anything that you heard from staff in terms of watching, hearing from the students, and then hearing, hearing the students talk about the importance of relationships? The thing that I heard was they were surprised about the students' vulnerability by you know expressing their personal their personal experience with the video. We had a couple of teachers come up to me and, and uh, my colleague was like, wow, like I didn't know, like I had that student and I didn't know that that student was going through that. And I guess just being intentional with, with you know, building those relationships, some teachers express that just the way our day is set up, that they really don't get a chance to go deep into that because, you know, our classes at a Cooper, I think they're 41 minutes long. And so I think they were saying like the first five minutes is actually taking attendance and then you get into the lesson for the day and then you're wrapping up. And so it's really a hard, it's really not enough time to build that relationships. And so I, I think the, the Voices Project allowed for the teachers to do a self-reflection and also provide maybe some examples on, on how we can build that relationship as a district or even as, as a specific school that we're at. So. Another piece for teachers many times is that they do hear from those students who they didn't know their full story or hear that they only have a relationship with one or two adults in the school. And I think there's a gap between what we think are relationships with students. And I know I've heard at some schools, like teachers think that that fist bump before class, like, okay, I've got a relationship with every kid walking in. And what we hear from students when we're talking with them through the voices framework is that that's not a real relationship. Like... I want you to know about me and my family and some of the struggles that I that I go through and to ask me questions and to, to not just be that adult in front of the class every day, but to kind of get down on a knee, so to speak, and like, what's going on? How can I help you? And I think that's the piece that many times we think that we've got good re- relationships with students, but then we hear from the students themselves and, and hear that their definition of relationship is maybe a little bit different than what we thought of as an adult. Right, you know, and and just when I think back about the Voices Project, we had a student that commented on that, and he said that, you know, it goes a long way when the student, when a teacher calls you by your name in in the hallway, and not just that goes. I mean, that goes a long way for me too. If someone called me by my name, so just imagine with everything that's been happening for the past two years, to for a teacher to just walking through the hall to say, you know, hey Johnny or hey Crystal, how how are you doing today? And they they expressed that that meant a lot to them. So. Yeah, instead of "Hey, Bud" or "Hey, Champ," um, but to, yeah, to, to say that name, I think we all like we we all like hearing our uh, 
hearing our name. You mentioned, I mean, you've been part of education for a while, and I'm guessing you've seen different types of professional development for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Can you talk a little bit about how the Voices framework is different and maybe how that landed differently from other types of trainings that you've been a part of? The big thing that I received out of this Voices training was actually hearing from the students. You know, as adults, we want, when we sit in these professional developments, we sit around with a bunch of adults and talk about what students need. And I think that the Voices framework allow for the students to actually express what they need personally. We can sit in trainings for hours and hours, and I mean, there's, there's, there's work that's done. You know, there's definitely work that's done by scholars that that we can incorporate, but I think that actually hearing from the students and being intentional with the work that we do with those students goes a long way. I'm a fan of student voice, and I, f- and I feel like that before we can make a decision on students, we need students at the table, you know? And I think throughout the years, many organizations and schools are now incorporating that. Um, it took a while <laughs> for us to, to get student voice, but I think it's needed now. We have some brilliant students, right? Brilliant. And, and we need to take a step back and actually listen to them in order to push this work and be effective with this work in supporting all of our students. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like as adults, we've tried to figure this out for many, many years. And students, by and large, haven't been at the table and been part of those conversations. But I feel like it it's us as adults, but it's also students coming in and, and us as adults also uh, acknowledging that we're not smart enough to figure all this stuff out on our own. We haven't yet, and it's 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 been a while and to be able to get students at the table in an authentic way, in a real way, not just, sometimes I, I hear about districts with, maybe it's a student on the board, but it's more window dressing than anything. It's not like real, students have the opportunity to have that real change. This piece is different because it really does empower students to be able to share their perspectives. The student with the straight A's, right? They have a different experience than the student who skipped in class. So I think the Voices Project allowed to get the straight A student as well, but also get the students who normally don't have a voice or normally not at the table. And the ones that are constantly like showing up on our MTSS meetings, like we have to check in with this student, this and that. So I think that I'm a fan of the Voices Framework. I think it should be incorporated in many districts because it allows that gap. I mean, you spoke on that perception gap of like, oh, the staff might think we're doing great, right? But talk to the students it's like whoa it's a totally different thing and it's in between like how do we move forward to actually being on that shared vision having that shared understanding of what's really going on at our school yeah i remember one of the students that we talked to at cooper rarely came to school and had a real problem of of waking up getting motivated to be in class and i think the only reason he showed up the day that we interviewed was for the interview and to drop off his prom slip because he wanted to go to prom and needed to hand in his permission slip But it was like his interview is, I think, one of the more fascinating ones of just like hearing his story and that motivation piece. And I really, I think, challenged teachers to to get to know students. And I think he knew that he had something to share and he knew that he wanted to help teachers do better. And that was a remarkable story. And it it is like many times when we're working with schools, they they, of course, the the first kids that come to mind are the ones who sit in the front row and and they they raise their hand for pretty much everything. But we do want to hear from those students who are in class. Maybe it's once or twice a week that they end up showing up and to be able to hear their story in terms of what's going on and how can we how can we make this a more inviting place? How can we make this a place where you actually do want to come to school? And I think that's where hopefully some change can start.
you were part of some of the facilitations that took place because part of part of Voices is, is interviewing the students, putting together the video, then watching the video in a group, and then having a facilitated session around that. Can you talk a little bit about your experience in that session and kind of unpacking some of the, what students had to say with other adults in your school? My specific session, it wasn't just teachers in our session, so it was teachers. We had um, support staff. We had an athletic director, you know, so it was a variety of, of voices that was at the table with in my facilitation session. But the overarching theme was like they they like I said before, that they love the, the vulnerability and and they love even though it was a short video, like they learned so much about our students. And we had we created a padlet as well so staff can put their input on there. And it was it was interesting reading it. And a lot of the comments were were. I wouldn't necessarily say positive, but it was engaging and thought-provoking. They they understood that our students go through so much outside of school, and obviously that trickles into school, and just hearing them talk about that and also providing examples on how teachers could get better. Like I was so proud of our students that even though they said that what we needed to do to get better as a school, but they all, they also gave examples. You know, a lot of times you might hear students say, well, we're not doing this or we're not doing that, and, and that's it. But I, our students provide an example, and I think that was, that that hit the teachers, especially the ones in our, in my facilitation group, like it touched them because it was like, okay, well, we're getting pulled in so many different ways. How can we be more engaging? And the students providing examples on how the teachers can be more engaged, even the su support staff as well. So, Do you think with the students being brave and vulnerable and sharing that that almost gave permission to the adults to not just have that surface level conversation that they typically may have in a in a like in a, a group of 10 or 15 adults but to actually kind of dig in deeper we had some staff members in my session that were actually crying because it, it moved them to to that type of emotion if i can remember correctly i we had 10 minutes for each question and i think that we, we could have went over, like we could have went over time. Teachers were taking a step back as well and, and understanding that, you know, everybody has bias and, and how they come into the classroom really affects the students as well. And I think one of our, one of the students at our schools uh, shared that his dad passed away and the mom passed away and, and that moved the room because like that was never, there was never stated in the class. Like he, he came to class, did what he's supposed to do and then leave. And so the teachers were like, man, like, I wish I would have known that. Like, I wish I would have known to that to be an extra support. So I think I think follow, the follow-up was, as we watch these videos, as we do more, what can we do as a school right now? What can we do right now to be more supportive of our students, given that what we've gone through the past two years and a lot of times our students won't just come out and say it like you have to build that relationship and once you get there then they'll start opening up and then that can make the classroom better have you seen changes have you seen adults change or have you heard, like ex heard from students in terms of things that may have changed in some of their classrooms because of what happened through the voices framework i haven't had a lot of teachers come up to me but uh, we i've had a, a handful just saying like um, they're being more intentional now on like stopping a lesson like if if they feel like that it's if they need to talk about 
the different things that was in the community, the different things that's going on in our world, like they're they're understanding that getting through the curriculum is important, but also having these tough conversations and having these engaging conversations is more more important. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so critical. And I think you probably see firsthand too. I mean, just the importance of those relationships and what that looks like. I mean, in your position, that's, I'm, I'm guessing the primary piece is building relationships. What does that do for students when, when they feel like that they have someone in their corner, that they've got strong relationships at the school building? Oh man, it, it, it goes a lot. You know, it goes a long way. Our position is so unique. We have students coming in in our office all day. And it just builds that self-confidence, you know, like it, we come in, ask how their weekend was or, you know, if they have new clothes on or new, new, new haircut. It's just something like, you know, man, like I see you, like that goes a long way in building confidence. And, and we all know that, you know, that self-confidence piece carries over into the academics as well. If you feel good about yourself, you love coming to school, um, you're going to put a, a high importance on doing better in the classroom as well. And so those relationship buildings, like our whole position is really about building student relationships and also family relationships. And so I, as you can tell, I'm a relationships guy. Like I, I love building those relationships because they go a long way and, and having meaningful relationships. And, and, and as a black male, you know, some of our black males don't have that consistency in their life. And so I, I try to every day I try to make sure that I do something to let our students know that I see them. Can you talk a little bit, I mean, being a, a first-ring Twin Cities suburb, between COVID, uh, the murder of George, George Floyd, Dante Wright, providing space for students to be able to have some of these conversations and, and what you heard from students when they were interviewed for a project? So specifically, our school, we, we provided that space for our students. We had professional development before the school years just to have, have those engaging conversations and those difficult conversations. We... Our student group led a student walkout. They walked out in protest of the killing of uh, Dante Wright because that's like five minutes away from our, our school. And so a majority of our students, they participated in the different protests throughout the city, right? And they, they it's a student-led group that they were meeting with other high school students that actually was on the forefront of, the, of these protests. And I think providing that space for them to, to talk is is highly important we had one guy in our in our voices project the video he said that it meant so much to him that the teacher actually reached out he was like she said that you know she can't really understand what's going on but she wanted to be there for him even if he needed to talk even if he needed to vent or cry or anything like that and, and i think that was important because so many times when there's a, a situation i think that student voice is left out but if you think historically students are the one that led majority of these of the change throughout our country right and so i think that's important and i think it was i think it was important for us to even provide that space and like you said that the academics can wait um, when the student is hurting i think that's when we have to have a call to action this professional development aims to hit adults more at the at the heart level rather than the head with data and statistics and numbers. Can you talk a little bit about the impact? Like when there's empathy, when there's understanding, when you get to know a student's story and how that changes the way that adults can treat certain students? As an adult myself, I still feel a certain way after watching that video. I felt like I knew those students well, but after that video, I was just like, ah, man, like maybe I need to do something different. Maybe I 
need to be more intentional and be more, you know, vocal in asking students how they're doing. You know, we can assume that they're, you know, as a teenager, especially at high school, as a teenager, you ask, you know, how are you doing? They're just going to say fine, right? Like, I'm fine, fine. But like, actually really diving deep, you know, how are you doing today? Like, why are you feeling this way? That, that goes a long way because sometimes all it takes is that little conversation for a specific student to just empty out everything that they're feeling. And when you have that relationship, um, it'll be easier for them to do that. Yeah, there were some students that we talked to that said, like, nobody's ever asked me these questions in school before. And, you know, they've been in the school system for 13 years. And this is the first time that, you know, when we came in that they felt like they were being asked the right questions and someone was was listening to their responses and what it, what it was that they were sharing, which um, is pretty sad that students can go that long and feel like they've never really been never been heard. So we had some students that participated in the Voices Project and, and they love expressing their feelings so much. They told other folks and we had other students come into our office like, oh, when, when are we going to do another Voices Project? I have something to say. I have so much to say. And so I think, you know, just giving, allowing for students to be expressing and like to share like their feelings and their authentic self is, is very important and it's needed and the work needs to continue to happen. So. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more, head over to our website at captivatemedia.us where you can join our email list as well as check out samples of our work in action. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Jake Sturgis. Thanks again, and I hope to see you next time.